You are listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast, delivered every Tuesday, where we feature timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and the economy in the hope of providing you investing and trading guidance. Here's your host, Royce Aguilar, from the Research Department at First MetroSec. Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. I'm Royce Aguilar from the Equity Research Department. So we will be starting with the weekly summary outlook for the PSEI, and then we'll discuss some stock picks along the way. So first, let's discuss the weekly summary outlook for the PSEI. So last week, the PSEI shaved off 70 points to close at 5,838.66. So we were down by 1.2% week on week as cautious sentiment persisted in the local market amid an absence of fresh catalyst. Moreover, the Banco Central ng Pilipinas reported that consumer confidence fell to a record low of 54.5%. That's negative 54.5% in 3Q 2020, while business confidence fell to 5.3%, turning negative for the first time since third quarter of 2009. So the reported exit of POGOs, that's Philippine Offshore Gaming Operators, further dampened investor sentiment as it is seen to affect government tax revenues and the balance of supply and demand for offices and residential real estate. So volume was uh, relatively low last week at 3.9 billion and foreigners were net sellers by 2.2 billion. So what we think this week is the market may rebound a bit after the House Committee on Appropriations approved the proposed 4.5 trillion national budget for 2021. So that's actually nearly 10% higher compared to the budget for 2020. So it focuses on healthcare, food security, employment, and digitalization. Investors will also closely follow the announcement on community quarantine measures for October 2020. On the international front, markets will likely watch the post-debate polling data after the first debate between U.S. President Trump and uh, Democrat Representative Joe Biden. So that will uh, take place on Wednesday, 9 a.m. Philippine time. In terms of the key data to watch out for this week, uh, bulk of the manufacturing data will come out on the first day of October. That's on Thursday. And then we, there's, there will also be the Monetary Board meeting of the BSP on Thursday. Then for U.S. job support on Friday. So in terms of our stock picks, we have a couple of buy picks, one sell pick. So first up is FGen. So FGen's fully owned subsidiary, FGen LNG Corp, has received the permit from the Department of Energy to construct and rehabilitate the LNG terminal in Batanga City. So FGEN targets to begin construction by end 3Q20 or starting fourth quarter. So with the development, the company targets introduce LNG to the Philippines by third quarter of 2022. So what we think is, of course, uh, the, the Malampaya gas field is expected to start depleting by 2024 according to several research there will also be a projected power shortage by 2022 or 2023. So that actually improves the usefulness of FGEN's LNG project. So this will also enable the, the, the company's power plants to remain viable, to remain useful. So what we think is in line with our traders' playbook um, buying levels or cut-loss levels. So you can buy when it pulls back to 22, 23, set cut-loss below 20, and you know short-term traders can take profit around 27. So our second buy pick is DNL Industries. So we also published a trader's playbook on this one last week. So besides the technical patterns that we are seeing, fundamental-wise, CEO Alvin Lau said that the company is seeing a steady growth from its segments that may push its second-half net income higher than the $900 million to $1 billion 
it initially forecasted. So we hold a positive view on AC restrictions on fund establishments in GCQ in GCQ areas, which allows for the operation of up to 50% of the restaurant's dining capacity. So this should translate to better volumes for DNL's food ingredients business, which accounted for 30% of DNL's profit for the past three years. So that's from 2017 to 2019. So in addition, the resumption of construction activities and public transport is seen to lift volumes of other specialty chemicals and biodiesel segments under its business chemrez. So finally, the interest in coconut oil is gaining traction in the global market due to its perceived antiviral and antibacterial properties. So DNL sees the, these coconut oil exports to remain strong because it has been one of the key drivers in its earnings for the first half of the year. So it expects that to be sustained for the rest of the year. In terms of buying level, so as mentioned in our previous playbook, so it already formed a technical pattern. So you can already start accumulating right now. You can set your uh, take uh, profit levels at around 7.10 to 7.50. If you are um, a bit more conservative, you can set it at around um, 6.23. So set your cut loss below 5.25 and you'll be okay. Lastly, our sell call for the week is JGS. There's several reports that a fire broke out at its factory belonging to its petrochemicals um, subsidiary in Batangas City. So the specific impact of the fire to the plant was not yet disclosed. Nevertheless, this should dampen sentiment um, in the start of the week, given uncertainty, of course, that we, we should wait for the PSEH if there are any disclosures regarding to the specific impact or will there be insurance claims and the like. The uncertainty, of course, also comes from the fact that JGS Petrochemical Business already booked a net loss last 2019 of 1.5 billion pesos and for the first half of 2020 at around negative net loss of 2.8 billion. It's already trading near its support level right now. So if it breaks below 59.30, so there may be further downside. So there, that's our weekly summary outlook for the PSEI and our stock picks. Welcome to the second part of our theme that we started last week. So it was entitled Emerging Trends and Strategies, an inside look at how Philippine companies are doing. So we talked about last week how the trends are doing in consumer property and financial so this week will continue with infrastructure so we'll, let's start with that for megawide in its annals briefing it said that it did post a net loss around the first half of the year of course suspension construction activities during the ecq so there is this progress of course during when there was a gradual reopening of the economy so starting may 16 construction activities already started so they're already incurring some revenues and also starting june 8 the landport terminal so that's pitex so that's their landport terminal operations it already reopened last june 8 upon the relaxation of community quarantine measures in metro manila so that's for megawide so as for the cement companies so they also had a hard time last first half of the year so in terms of recent trends CHP, so that CEMEX, shared that early indications of July production volumes are still not yet at pre-COVID levels due to some restrictions. So there were certain adjustments to allow workers to stay in the barracks at the job site and constraints on transporting workers back from their provinces, among others. Furthermore, the execution delays may be expected with major developers reducing their CapEx programs for the year, pushing back the implementation of some projects to 2021. So another issue is, of course, in the second half of the year, it's already rainy season. And of course, we, all, we are noticing that. So that's also a factor for cement companies. So CEMEX specified the, what trends they are seeing. 
As for the mining sector, midway through the year, so commodity prices were actually mixed. So coal prices were down as power demand dropped due to reduced economic activity. On the other hand, nickel prices were, are improving supported by recovery in demand. So in China, right? Where China was the first to be affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, it was also the first to begin to lift lockdown measures. For the mining sector, lower production was the main culprit. For the poorer earnings in the sector, mainly because of the production disruption caused by the ECQ implemented during the months of April and May. So local sector leaders are more positive on the rebound in the months to come amid less stringent restrictions. To be specific, for the coal mining, so top coal producer, that's Semerara, has a coal production of target of 15 million by year, and so that's relatively flat compared to last year's 15.2 million. That's actually quite good because that's they're keeping their target at 15 million despite operating in a tough business environment. So the coal production target is hinged on management being positive that coal power plants remain as a dominant player in the energy sector and should benefit once the economy rebounds. As for monthly coal prices, after seeing a 21% drop in average selling price for coal in the first half of the year, SEC expects Newcastle coal prices to bottom in around August as the global economy slowly reopens. So note that as of first half of the year, 50% of SEC's coal sales are exported. So as for nickel, despite the lower first half earnings, Nickel Asia, so that's the Philippines' top nickel producer, expects better performance in the second half of the year, driven by recovery in production volume and higher nickel prices. So despite lower shipments in the first half of the year, the company remains cautiously optimistic that shipment volumes for the year will be close to levels it had in 2019. So that's 19 million metric tons. That second half volume will be significantly higher than first half because if they're keeping the 19 million wet metric tons target, they are assuming more than 11 million. So that's around 60% for the year because in the first half of the year, they only ship around 7.3 wet metric tons. So moreover, nickel is optimistic that nickel prices and ore export prices will be higher in the second half of the year given the demand. So that's for the mining sector. For the telecommunication sector, so this, uh, this sector has been one of the outperformers in terms of earnings, right? We talked about it two weeks ago. So for the two telco companies, PLDT and Globe, service revenues did not disappoint in the first half. It was, it was actually still up year in year due to robust demand in the home broadband and mobile data, right? So in terms of recent trends, according to Tel and Globe, mobile data top-ups have returned to pre-COVID levels due to the easing of quarantine restrictions in the country. As for guidance... PLDT expects revenues to sustain in the second half of the year on the back of higher data consumption, so from both wireless and fixed-line segments. In terms of its ability to pay dividends this year, this is very important, both PLDT and Globe disclosed that they plan to maintain their dividend payout ratios of 60-70% to 70% for PLDT and 60% for Globe for 2020. As for port management, so that's ICTSI, a Razon-owned company, another outperformer as discussed two weeks ago. In terms of strategies, they're focused, they have these four-pronged strategies given the pandemic. So number one, cash preservation. They, pre- they plan to focus on cash collection. That's number one. Number two, capital expenditure reassessment. So that's a stringent review of group-wide CapEx budgets. Number three, capital structure strength and flexibility. So they plan to strengthen their capital structure and create flexibility to take advantage of market opportunities. So they actually still plan to acquire, if there are um, good opportunities, if it's 
profitable in the future. So they, they have that capacity pa. So lastly, cost control. So they plan to rebase their operating expenses. And they actually done that pretty well in the first half. So if they sustain it in the second half, they might continue to outperform in the PSEI in terms of earnings. As for the power utilities sector, the residential segment actually posted the strongest growth in energy and water sales volume amid higher temperatures during the first half compared to the same period last year. And that's because of work-from-home-related activities, which increased household consumption. However, earnings of energy and water companies still ended lower year-on-year as sales volume from the commercial industrial segment dropped due to the impact of various forms of quarantine measures during the period. On a positive note, the listed power and utilities companies are positive that sales volume have bottomed in the second quarter of the year as industrial and commercial companies slowly ramp up their operations. For power generation companies, Aboitis Power and Semerara Power, so Semerara also has a power generation company, so it dropped the most due to lower wholesale electricity spot market prices and forced outages in their power plants during the period. So according to AP and SEC, concerns on, on plant outages are expected to ease in the second half as more power plants come online. So for AP, Unit 2 of Davao Coal Plant resumed operations in May 2020. Moreover, contribution from AP's hydroelectric power plants is expected to uh, improve in the second half amid higher utilization rates due to the start of the rainy season. So for SEC, they expect new power supply contract in the second half, which will improve revenues of its power generation unit. As for recent trends, actually, AP already saw a significant improvement in the first two weeks of July where average power demand in the Sun and Visayas were only 8% below pre-ECQ levels and flat year on year. As for AC Energy, that's the it's already listed as ACEN ASEN. It also saw a huge jump in power demand in Luzon in June 2020, where year in year performance is only down by 9%. So that's compared to April 2020, where they were down by 22% year in year. As for power distribution companies, so that's also that's only Meralco, it also saw a significant jump in energy sales since bottoming out in April. So month-on-month increase for May 2020 and June 2020 came in at 11.8% and 18.7% respectively, with the latter even posting the highest sales year-to-date. So Meralco expects sales volume to continue to rebound in second half as more businesses resume their operations and as restrictions on mobility eases. As for water company, so Manila Water Management cited that volume in June was the highest year-to-date and it expects to sustain that momentum especially when restrictions in Metro Manila and other key cities are east to GCQ. So management added that there was a pickup in industrial demand and collection efficiency, which reached around 168% in July 2020. So that actually implies that past bills are being collected even in July. So that's why collection efficiency reached over 100%. Management elaborated that even when the quarantine status was lowered to MECQ, and GCQ the first time around, commercial demand picked up, but residential demand did not dip. If there's less restrictions, there might be less water demand, less energy demand in the residential since more people will come to work. But that was not the case. Residential segment did not dip, but commercial picked up. So that's good. That's good. So lastly, for the holdings company in general, due to the pandemic, so the conglomerates are now pushing for digitalization. Their digitalization plans were now expedited as they adapted to changing circumstances. So for AGI, Alliance Group Global, so it implemented this e-concierge for its hotels and online platform for McDonald's. 
for SM Investments, so the management highlighted its focus to accelerating the, its call to deliver an online sales channel during the pandemic for the years to come. So it already has fiber communities, curbside pickup, which accounted for about 10% of retail volumes for the period and growing. For GTCAP, its property arm federal land was able to utilize its digital platforms with digital increase from March to June 2020, already accounting for 77% of total increase. So it actually, that actually resulted in reservation sales still being up by 3% year-on-year for the first half of the year. As for the holding companies' non-listed segments, other non-essential businesses such as automobile, tollways, and logistics also took a hit as consumers stocked up on necessities. On the bright side, the numbers have still significantly improved in the latter part of the second quarter of the year, signaling a recovery in second half. So for monthly car sales, it's actually trending up with monthly sales of 208% and 18% in June and July 2020, respectively. So July car sales of Toyota, that's actually 8,838 units, is the third highest year to date. GTCAP emphasized that Toyota's flexible financing options and its shift towards digital channels helped volumes recover amidst the pandemic. So besides Toyota, Ayala Corp's AC Motors, the sales have also jumped to 17,000 units in June 2020, coming from a rebound of around 5.5K for both April and May, right? Lastly, for MPI, its tollways and light rail businesses, numbers have also been encouraging. So domestic tolls average daily traffic for July increased 21.2% month-on-month, while the light rail, the LRT, averaged daily ridership surged by 17.9% month-on-month in July. That concludes the recent trends that our listed companies are seeing. So we hope you guys are well-guided in terms of what we expect in the third quarter earnings, which will come out in the last week of October until the second week of November. So watch out. So thank you. This is Roy Aguilar from the Equity Research Department of First Meta Securities. This is the recent episode of the Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. As always in First Meta Securities, it's hashtag your future first. Thank you. Thanks for listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to follow us to get first dibs on our new episodes. For more up-to-date market news and info, exclusive content, and the opportunity to connect with your fellow Filipino investors and traders, join facebook.com slash groups slash First Metro Sec and be part of the First Metro Sec family.